0: So next week, Lord willing, will be our last Sunday here before we go and leave. Um, And so next week, I'm going to finish preaching on Ephesians 6, verse 4, which is on how to parent our children. Uh, Tonight, I'm going to go to verse 1, and then when I get back, Lord willing, then I want to have a special service for teenagers and for young people and for kids. Okay, so I'll have all the teenagers sit right here. <laughs> okay. Now, I'm i going to preach in English the parts that are meant for parents, and then I'll talk to the kids in Afrikaans. But where are the kids? I think they're on holiday. All right, so I won't, uh, I won't switch to Afrikaans. I think those watching online, if they are kids, you watch lots of TV in English. So think you'll follow this TV program too. Okay, Ephesians 6 verse 1. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. I'm going to preach on ADHD, Ritalin, and the Bible. So let's go to the Lord first. Our Father, we don't do this as a formality. We don't do this as a ritual. We do this in utter dependence upon you. We need you, and we ask that you will teach us the word tonight, that you would open the scriptures, uh, old treasures and new. Bring them from your word, Lord, and let us marvel at the wonders of your grace, the wonders of your truth, the wonders of your love. And may we take something home, even though we're not children, and yet, as Ruth prayed, in one sense, we are like children. And so we pray that you will teach us tonight. Jesus, our Lord, and our Master, and our Friend, but also Jesus, our Teacher, come and teach us by your Spirit through the Word. Amen. So last Sunday, last Sunday afternoon, I preached, uh, I told you from Ephesians 6 verse 4 that parents need to discipline their children. You remember that? And one of the ways we discipline our children is by giving them a hiding. Even though the government says it's illegal, it's a criminal offense, I showed, I hope, convincingly from the Bible that that is what Scripture teaches. Now, some parents might say, but what if my kid's not naughty? What if my child is not naughty? He's just got ADHD. Uh, ADHD stands for Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder. That just means your kid struggles to concentrate. That means that his mind wanders. Uh, like someone says, I'm not ADHD. Oh, look, a butterfly. <laughs> uh, so that's one of the things that means struggles to pay attention for long, uh, time span. And then I wondered, why am I preaching this sermon? And I get talking to the kids at the end of the sermon and it's 40 or 50 minutes long. <laughs> um, another, another thing that implies is it, it refers to children who are hyper, hyperactive. So they, they can't sit still for long periods of time. They want to go outside and run and play and jump. And then sometimes they do that in class. Or it's a combination of the two not very much attention is paid you don't concentrate and you're hyperactive now the question I'm going to answer tonight is what does the Bible say what does the Bible say about this how should parents raise children like that okay now I hope that you're not ADHD tonight please pay attention Let's read Ephesians 6 verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Okay, first question I'm going to answer, what must you do? And that goes for parents and children. Now, when my brother was in primary school, I actually, I should have called my mom and asked her what age, right? But he was in primary school, and one day he was very angry at my mother, and he said, I'm leaving home. And he started packing his suitcase. And she went to his room, what are you doing? Now I'm packing my suitcase, I'm leaving. She said, I bought that suitcase, you're not taking that, and the clothes you want to take, I paid for it. Okay, then I'll just go as I am. She said, no, you're going naked, because I bought the clothes you're wearing. your And then he didn't want to leave home anymore. <laughs> what am I trying to tell you? The point I'm trying to make is to try and show you if you are still dependent on your parents for food and for clothes and for a place to stay then you're a child as my my dad and my mom's their their new church in jeffreys bay their pastor said if you can't buy your own two-minute noodles you're a child okay so then then verse one is for you children children obey your parents in the lord for this is right now what does it mean to obey your parents It means if your mom and dad tells you you have to be in bed by 8 o'clock, then you can't say, no, I think it's better for me to go to bed at 8.30 or 9 o'clock. If your parents tell you your mom and your dad you must clean up your room, then you can't go and play outside first. Then you must obey what they tell you. Colossians chapter 3 verse 20, this is a parallel text to Ephesians. Colossians 3 verse 20 says, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Now, our verse, children, obey your parents. That word obey in Greek, that is in a continual, continuous tense. So it means you must always obey. You must obey continually. And it's an imperative, which means you don't have a choice. You must obey, because God tells you to. And the Greek word, the definition of the word obey in Greek is... It literally means you come and stand under your parents, you submit to their authority, you listen very closely to what they tell you, and then you go and do that so you can 't you can 't do if your mom and dad tells you to do something you can 't do half a job you can 't talk half but full twenty you can 't do half a job because actually i don 't want to finish this I want to go outside and play I want to do I want to play on the computer or whatever you must do exactly what your parents tell you. And you must give your best. No, i Okay, but as you later, you must do your best, your very best, as if Jesus is coming to your house just now to see what you did and to see, did you do a good job? And then he's going to say, I'm proud of you. You did a great job. Or he's going to say, you didn't do what your mom and dad told you to do. Okay, so for parents then, if that is so, the thing I just explained, if that is so, then parents must explain very clearly to their children. You must buy a day, look for I If you have a child and his attention wanders very easily, I say, Maklik. If you've got a child like that, it's not enough to say to the kid, I want you to clean up the kitchen. No, you must be specific and say, I want you to put, a, put the glasses in the sink. I want you to sweep the floor, and I want you to wipe the countertops. And the way to do that is call your child. Don't say, hey, Jason, or hey, Harry, I want you to do... No, no, call him. Let him come right to you. Make sure he's looking in your eyes. Makes eye, you make eye contact. So, I cake in your ear. And then you tell him what he must do. You give him slag, not information overload. One slag. And then you ask him, will you repeat what I told you, what I just told you? And then the child must repeat, you said I must do. Yes, you understand. And then you may even take the broom and you show him how to sweep the floor. I want you to do it. You see these row of tiles, you start here and you do this. And then you take the not lappy and you wipe the countertops, and you say, I want you to do it like this. All right, every corner, you do it like this. And then in future, that child will know, okay, this is how I should do the job. And then you let him take a 10-minute break, and then come back. All right, and then you give him something else. You can even write it out on paper and stick it, put a magnet on the fridge, and you put that, that list on the fridge to say, this is what I expect of you. This is your your on a Wednesday cinema? And then he remembers, that it helps him to remember, but you don't want to, you don't want to give too many assignments. feel veel taken, you hierdie doen, hierdie, dit gaan om net verwaar, en het gaan net pikkie overweldigend, wees. So, een taken op a slag, and all these things I just mentioned, that's necessary because discipline and structure helps children like this. And it helps actually any any child that should help them. It helps them to have order. Last week I preached from verse 4 that says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline of the Lord. And that's not only corrective discipline, giving them a hiding if they're naughty, that's also formative discipline or self-discipline, teaching them self-discipline. So a child who, who gets diagnosed by a psychiatrist and they say he's ADHD, that can never excuse disobedience. You can never say, oh, we he couldn't help to be disobedient. Okay, you've got ways and means to help the child to obey. As verse 1 says, children, obey your parents. You can't say, except There's only one exception. I'll give it to you just now. Question. What if your child is not rebellious, and you give the command, and he tries to obey, but still, it's like he never gets it right. He never does it as you told him to do it. Well, then you must help the child. And one of the ways of helping the child is taking him to the doctor for a full medical checkup. Maybe the child is deaf, and I mean it. I'm not, not like parents say, well, good long <laughs> I don't mean it in that way. I just mean in a real sense that they do hearing tests and they, they realize And he really the reason he doesn't obey the commands exactly, he didn't hear. Or maybe he's got visual problems. so he can't see right into the front of the, right to the front of the classroom what the teacher is explaining on the whiteboard. That's why he comes home and he never does it right. Or perhaps he's got an overactive thyroid, hyperthyroidism and the hormones and and too much of that can cause a child to be hyperactive or perhaps autism autism that can be something you've got that problem and so now you know oh this is why now i understand or maybe you have a child with mild uh, mild case of brain damage maybe i don't know maybe did you smoke when you were pregnant Did you use a lot of alcohol? Did you use drugs when you were pregnant? That can have an effect on a child that that impairs uh, concentration and the ability of the brain to understand. Or maybe you live next to a factory where they make paint. (laughs) Uh, Maybe there's something of the kind, toxins, toxic uh, fumes, and that has an effect on the brain. Right, so all, all of those things that can affect the concentration of a child. And so it's not that the child wants to disobey. He listens to what you say, but he doesn't understand. And he doesn't know how exactly to do it. So the, the solution is what then? Get medical help. Now, if you've eliminated all of those things, or any medical thing, if you've eliminated that, you must teach your child self-discipline. Verse 4. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline. Discipline and instruction of the Lord. How will you teach your child self-discipline? The very first way of teaching your child self-discipline is you must be self-disciplined. Your child, you can't blame the kid. He's disorderly. Just his life is a mess and it's chaos. But then you look at your own life and you say, my life looks like that in the way I dress. I don't comb my hair before going to work. I don't brush my teeth. I don't care what I look like. I look like a second year student at at university. Uh, Look at my relationships. Look at my relationship with the Lord. Look at my work quality. Look at my car. Look at my house. Look at my family. It's just a mess. It's like a bomber's eater. And then you wonder why the kid's disorganized and disorderly. Right, so you must be self-disciplined. And the very first way for you as a parent to be self-disciplined, and it's not only parents, I'm talking to all of us, the very first way for you to be self-disciplined is you must be saved. Now, immediately some unbelievers are going to hear this and say, hey, I'm I'm not even a Christian, and I'm very self-disciplined in certain areas. But in general, unbelievers do not have self-control. They are controlled by their senses, their five senses. They look what they want to look at. They listen to what they want to listen. They say it. I call a spade a spade. They talk when they want to talk. They don't control themselves. They don't control their bodily desires. They just do what they want to do, give themselves over to it. They don't have self-control. And I've got a number of passages proving that. Ephesians 2, verse 2, and 1 Peter, chapter 4, verse 3, and a number of other texts here. Listen, without the Holy Spirit, you cannot have self-discipline, proper self-discipline in all of life, because the fruit of the Spirit is, Self-control. It's one of it. One part of the fruit of the Spirit. So the first thing you want to do if you want to discipline yourself is Ephesians 5 verse 18 where Paul says, do not get drunk with wine. So that's not self-discipline. Don't get drunk with wine. That is debauchery. It's los You're going to do stupid stuff if you're drunk. But be filled with the Spirit. And if you're filled with the Spirit, then you can do Ephesians 6 verse 4. Teach your child discipline, but you yourself, you're disciplined first. And verse 1, then the child, okay, that follows for children also. Then children can be self-disciplined. Okay, so children, wherever you are, to the children then, if Jesus is your Savior, if the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, then you can obey your parents and you can obey your teacher in school. Even if the psychiatrist said you are ADHD, you can obey. You can say to yourself, if the Spirit lives in you and Jesus is your Savior, you can say to yourself, "Uh, uh-uh. I'm not going to think about unicorns jumping over rainbows now. I'm not going to think of playing outside in the jungle gym now. No, I'm not going to think of I want to have a break now and run around. No, I can control my thoughts. I'm going to listen to what the teacher has to say. And listen to the lesson. Because you find this over and over in the Bible. uh, In Proverbs 2. Incline your ear. Listen to me, my son. Listen. And you are able to obey that. Or James 1 verse 19. Be quick to hear. And you tell yourself, no. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 and further. Predator 3 tells me there's a time. For everything under the sun. So there's a time to play and there's a time to work. And now is not the time to play outside on the jungle gym. Now I must listen to what the teacher tells me. You can tell yourself, if you're a Christian, that I'm not going to just do a, a sloppy job. Nee, my because actually I want not go play outside. Now I'm going to do a proper job. As Proverbs in many places, it speaks of those who do a diligent job. If you're diligent, you'll be rich. If you do just a sloppy job, you're going to be poor. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10 verse 31, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And I'm going to tell myself, no, it's not good to be disorderly. Where did disorder come into the world? It's when Adam and Eve sinned. So they had to tend the garden and make a nice garden and keep the garden. But then when sin came, now there are thorns. Now there are thistles. Now they're blackjacks. nee knops of cattle growing in your garden. And you don't want your work to look like that. You want to do a proper job. If you're a Christian, you can tell yourself, no, I'm not going to jump on the couches. I'm not going to jump on the furniture. Uh, I'm not going to jump over the table in class. That I'll wait for break time, and then I can go and run outside and play outside. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9 verse 27, I discipline my body. I can say to myself if I'm a Christian, no, I'm not going to talk the whole time. And remember, adults also get diagnosed with ADHD, right? Okay, so you adult children, all of us, listen. (laughs) Okay, so I'm not going to talk all the time. I'm not going to shout out the answer in class. I'm going to wait until the teacher has finished asking the question, and then I'm going to put up my hand and say, Ma'am, Jephro, I know the answer. Because the Bible also talks about that. Be be quick to hear, slow to speak. Or in Proverbs, if you talk lots, you sin lots. Okay, and I realized that not very long ago. With myself. I thought, why did I say that stupid thing? It's because I talk too much. And that's why you probably want the sermons to be shorter. <laughs> you want to help me? If you believe in Jesus, He's your Savior, the Spirit lives in you. For the children again, you can tell yourself, uh uh-uh, uh, I'm not going to butt in. Uh, I want to be in front uh, in, when we stand in the line, when we queue up. No. No, Philippians 2, verse 3 and 4, I must put others ahead of myself. I must think of their needs, not only my own. I'll stand in line. I'll wait my turn. And I'll even let other kids go ahead of me. You can tell yourself, Hey, the Bible tells me I mustn't be lazy to think. I've got a brain. God tells me to use my brain to the best of my ability. Because the Bible says you must love the Lord your God with not only heart, soul, but also mind. And then you can tell yourself, You know what I'm going to do from now on? I'm gonna I'm gonna put important stuff on the same place every time that I won't forget where it is and I won't lose my stuff. Okay, this also says some turmaphon audio audio. And you can solve that all with scripture and with the Holy Spirit and the Lord Jesus and his salvation. And the Bible tells you to do everything must be done in order. 1 Corinthians 14, 40. If you're a Christian, you can do that. Even if the psychiatrist has said you ADHD. You can do that. So, if you've got a child, this child is full of energy. It's like he never stops. I wanted to choose a picture for the blog. <laughs> yeah. So, this child's always on the move, never sits still. I want to encourage parents, and maybe I should encourage some of the young men here. And I'm serious about this limit screen time for a child like that and even for the young men if you're a gamer i don't understand that guys i'm sorry if you're a gamer okay maybe i don't get it you're 40 years old and you're still gaming on the weekend through the night playing games you're a man you're a man now okay you can fight with me afterward maybe on a screen (laughs) Limit screen screen time to a bare minimum. If you've got a child who's running around all the time, screen time doesn't help. Doesn't help to give him a phone or an iPad or a television or a computer playing games. 15 minutes a day, absolute maximum. That's enough. You see what a screen does, what computers and cell phones, all of that does, it makes your child's brain lazy. And it doesn't help concentration because he's just vegging in front of a screen. It doesn't, it it actually um, limits his his ability to concentrate. So what you want to do with a child like that is let him play lots outside, lots and lots. Play outside, climb in the trees, play on a jungle gym. Buy him a dog, an active dog. Okay, not a basset hound. (laughs) They just sleep. Buy him a Jack Russell. Get him an active dog that'll So he's tired when he goes to bed at night. Let him play sports. Let him join a sports club or a sports team. And that running around is important. I remember when our kids, they were a bit too active at stages. And so Deirdre would tell them, right, it's homeschooling. We homeschool. And so she, she would tell them, run around the house seven times. And they had to, just to get rid of some of that, some of that energy. And then also lots and lots of books. Read them books. When they're little, you have them sit next to you. You've got pictures in the book, and you tell them the story. And then audio books. Excellent. Why? It helps a child. It, it teaches him to concentrate. Need it helps a concentration from where he has to listen. He has to listen. He has to concentrate, and it helps his imagination. And then also building puzzles and playing Lego and teaching them to play chess. That's good. It helps him to focus, he has to think, he has to concentrate, and it helps the brain to develop. And then a balanced diet, Uh, vegetables, and Timothy doesn't like vegetables at all. (laughs) Poor kid. (laughs) And so he would always leave the vegetables to last, very to the end, and then he had had to eat it anyway. (laughs) But vegetables and fruit and meat, and you've got his proteins and his starch, all of that, he needs the vitamins. He needs that. So when I say a balanced diet, I don't mean, oh, he's not allowed sugar because that makes him hyperactive. He's not allowed red cold drink because that makes him hyperactive. Dunette, you'll have to help here. But I read in a medical textbook this week again, that is nonsense. That is nonsense. It's never been scientifically or medically proven that chocolate makes... (laughs) 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 Now it is a fact though that too much caffeine can make children hyperactive. My friend, when his child was small, his son, he had Coke, Coca-Cola, and he, he was like a, what's a It's <laughs> It's not a jumping rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a spring springass in IA's car club. jumping even jumping over the furniture. They said it was really the caffeine, they saw it a second time. So you don't want to give your child too much caffeine, please, parents. Your child must not drink Monster. He must not drink Red Bull or Power Play or Dragon or Moor Coffee. <laughs> espresso, double espresso. That's too strong for that little body. The caffeine's too much. And that's why he gets running and he's hyperactive. You can't expect your child to sit still and pay attention, but you're feeding him Red Bull or whatever else with too much caffeine. Now, I know what a psychiatrist is going to do, and you know what the psychiatrist is going to do. The psychiatrist is going to tell you, you need to put this kid kid on Ritalin. You need to put him on Silet or or Dexedrine. So you put him on these stimulants, but that medication, the side effects of that, it's not good. It's not good, uh, apart from the fact that it can lead to addiction, that it can lead, it can actually block the child's proper growth. A can cause liver problems. Now, Dunette can help you with all of this afterward if you want to know more. I just got these from a medical website and medical textbook. Uh, a medical textbook I have on my on my shelf. Uh, it can cause stomach upset. It can uh, cause headaches. It can cause insomnia. They don't sleep well at night. So why do you want to put your kid on that medicine? The reason why psychiatrists tell you to put the kid on the medicine is because they say, ADHD is a medical problem in the brain, probably a chemical imbalance in the brain. There is no proof for that. And I would welcome anyone, you can bring me articles or whatever, but I would welcome anyone and actually challenge anyone <clears throat> to give me proof, not theory, not we suspect, or this is a th- Give scientific proof that ADHD is a medical problem. One medical textbook I have on my shelf, it's called The Christian Counselor's Medical Desk Reference, written by a medical doctor who's also a biblical counselor. And he said that is a theory. It's not a fact. It's not a fact. How do they diagnose ADHD? How do they tell you your child has ADHD? Do they do any medical test? The only medical tests they do is to say, okay, he hasn't got hearing problems or visual problems, or they try to eliminate other medical problems. They, don't, they, they can't prove ADHD by an MRI scan, by a CT scan. They can't say, oh, here's blood samples, and we can prove in the blood something's wrong. They can't do that by taking x-rays. So there's no medical test they do to show you have ADHD, your child has ADHD. They can't prove there's something wrong in the brain. Listen to this quote. I got this on the website, the official website of the American Psychiatric Association. Those are the guys who wrote the DSM-5 for those who know psychology and psychiatry. It's like the psychiatrist's uh, Bible, their textbook, to show this is. these are the s- uh, symptoms and so on. All right, this is what they say. There is no lab test to diagnose ADHD. Edward Welsh, he's a Christian, a biblical counselor, but also a neuro. He's got his, his doctor's degree, his PhD in neuros- neuros- neuropsychology. Neuro has to do with a brain. Ritalin, he says, does not treat any chemical deficiency in a child's brain. No one needs Ritalin. Ritalin type medicines or tablets act like aspirin yeah, with pain pill, secretive with pain pill. It acts like aspirin. They suppress symptoms in people. They are not a cure. It doesn't get to the root of the problem. So what psychiatrists, what they do to say, okay, your child has ADHD, is they check for symptoms. Lazeta, will you go for a major operation in hospital, if you go to the doctor and say, I'm feeling tired, I've got a headache, and my back is sore. And the doctor tells you, okay, the symptoms, you have got uh, some type of cancer, we have to start the operation tomorrow, and then you're going for therapy. You won't do that. That's only symptoms. He needs to do a scientific test, whether it's blood, scans, whatever, and prove that. Now, so what the psychiatrists do is they just check for symptoms. And if you have six or more of the following symptoms, I'm going to read you now. And if, the, uh, if these, this problem has been with you for a long time, these symptoms, and if you, you started seeing those symptoms before you were 12 years old, and if you have those symptoms in two or more areas of your life, whether it's at home or at school then they tell you your problem is uh, inattention nay nee, it's concentration uh, you can't concentrate yes on the of labor so here are the symptoms so you don't you don't pay attention to detail you make unnecessary mistakes in your schoolwork or other jobs you d- you can't keep you'll focus on the task you're doing, the task at hand. You don't pay attention in class when the teacher's talking. You daydream when they talk. You daydream when your parents tell you to do something. You do half, half a job. You don't finish the job. Uh, your work is absolutely chaotic. It's unorganized. And then you hate jobs where you have to sit down and think. You don't want that kind of work. And you lose stuff like keys or your glasses or other important stuff, your schoolwork, your textbook, Oh, dat is van ons baie ADHD. Um and then your attention wanders easily. You, you don't stay focused and then you you forget even your basic things you have to do every day. Then they tell you if you got more than, than 6 of those yes, on the half labor. You've got ADHD. Or 6 of the following symptoms, 6 or more, then they tell you you're hyperactive and you're impulsive. Jy Je Je Het moet al geseen, mense, ek het al mense gesien sit kan nie stil Uh, So you fidget and you frittle, you can't sit still in class, Uh, you you run and you climb on stuff when it's actually not the right kind of situation to do that. You're visiting people and you climb up your coffee table. You make a noise, You, you can't just play quietly, quiet, quiet. You're always on the move, you talk too much, you shout out the answers before you've even heard the question. You can't wait your turn. You butt into other people's conversations. You want to What should we say of all of that? The Bible tells me, if I listen to all of that, the Bible says that all our deeds come from where? Where does it originate? Where does it start? From the heart. Proverbs 4 verse 23. It doesn't start from the brain. So there's some chemical problem there. So all of those symptoms I read to you, it doesn't show there's something wrong in the brain. It shows there's something wrong in the child's heart. Even a child is known by his actions, by whether his conduct is pure and upright, whether his actions are pure and upright, Proverbs 20 verse 11. So, So if the problem is not in the brain, if the problem's in the heart, where's the solution? The solution is not tablets, it's not Ritalin, the solution is Being born again, first of all, the power of the Holy Spirit, biblical parenting, teaching them the Word of God, prayer, that's where the solution lies. Let me ask you only this question, what can Ritalin do that the Holy Spirit cannot do? And even even if they should prove in future that, that ADHD is a medical problem. Even if they can prove that in future, we must still follow the Bible. Sickness never excuses disobedience. You can never say, I'm sick, therefore I cannot obey. We should always obey. Sin does not come from the body. Sin starts in the heart. Does not come from the brain. And so a child must obey even if he's sick. I remember my daughter... The oldest one when she was about three years old we would take them to the nursery school next to our house next door to our house every wednesday morning so my wife could have a break and so we take them to the nursery school and i take her one day and as we get to the gate i say the the tani says hello nicole and nicole doesn't reply she doesn't respond she doesn't say and the tani says hello nicole and nicole won't greet her and i say nicole greet the tani and she starts crying, but my knee is sore. And then I explained to her very nicely, Nicole, even if your knee is sore, you must still have good manners. Greet the tummy. Okay, Nicole, this is for The only time, this was the exception I was talking about, the only time a child can disobey, is if the parents tell that child to sin. Or if the teacher says, you must do something wrong. Then the child must say, I cannot because Jesus tells me to obey and do what is right. Okay, second question. Why must you do that? All right, so what must you do is you must obey children and parents what you should do to help them. And then second question, why must you do that? So here's Isabel. Isabel's brother... Tells her, Isabel, mommy said you must come in. We're going to eat. Lunchtime. Who's actually telling Isabel to come in? Mommy. So the brother is just the messenger. Okay, children. That's exactly what verse 1 means. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. That means when your mom and dad tell you something, and they tell you, you must do this or that, you must, you must uh, clean up your room, it is God. Your parents are just the messenger. They're just telling you what God says. They're teaching you what the Bible says. And one of the things the Bible says is you should be orderly and neat. So by obeying your parents, who are you obeying? God. You're obeying the Lord. And you can't do that on your own. You need the Holy Spirit's help. So the Holy Spirit must come and change you into a new person who is not rebellious. He must change you into a person who doesn't follow your own mind. Jesus comes by the Holy Spirit. And what he must do is he, rem- he must remove this hardened heart. And I'm not talking about kids, the. the muscle that pumps blood. I'm talking about who you are as a person. He must remove that hardened heart, and he must give you a soft heart that will obey him immediately when he talks and when he tells you what to do. And so the Holy Spirit must then live inside of you, and if the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, you can obey your parents. If Ephesians 5 verse 18 happens, be filled with the Spirit then Ephesians 6, verse 1 can happen. Obey your parents. And you can do as you are told. Okay, I'm not asking this to children only. I'm asking all of us here. Has the Holy Spirit done that in your life? Has the Holy Spirit, have you asked him, please take control of my thoughts? Please take control of my heart. Please take control of my life. If you haven't asked that, what, what, is, what is preventing you from doing it right now? Right now, where you are sitting, saying, Lord, take control of my life. And the Holy Spirit will help you. So you no longer want to be the boss. But you say, I want Jesus to be my boss. That's what it means in verse 1. Obey your parents in the Lord. What does Lord mean? It means he's the boss. You say, Lord, I want you to be the boss of my life, Lord Jesus and then the Holy Spirit will show you that Jesus is the friend of children. Jesus loves children. You saw that in, in, in the Bible, right? Luke 18, for example. He loves children. And now some kid might say, but there are other kids at school, they don't want to be my friend because I'm always naughty and I'm always in trouble. They don't want to be my friend. Why will Jesus want to be my friend? And I don't listen to my parents. I'm in trouble with them. I'm in trouble with the headmaster in the headmaster's office. And the teacher shouts at me in school. And I'm in trouble there. Why does Jesus want to be my friend? You know why Jesus wants to be your friend? Jesus wants to be your friend. Because he's not only the friend of children. He's the friend of sinners. Are you a sinner? Jesus is the friend of sinners. He loves sinners, as I preached this morning. And so for Jesus... Remember, Jesus does not only save us from hell and from death and from the power of sin. That's not only something Jesus does. To save people is something Jesus is. He is the Savior of sinners. He is the Savior of the world. So tell him, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Will you be my friend? And then tell him, Lord, I want to be your friend too. Because that's why Jesus died. One of the reasons Jesus died, John 15, he died for his friends. So you can be his friend. And Jesus will answer your prayer if you mean it. How do I know Jesus will answer your prayer? You know how I know that is because Jesus took the first step as I preached this morning. Jesus took the initiative. Jesus took the very first step to come and save sinners. He came to this earth. He became a man. He lived the perfect life. He died in the place of sinners. So listen, salvation is not something you do. Salvation is something Jesus did already. He already did it on the cross 2,000 years ago. And he wants you to trust him. And what did Jesus save us from? Well, many things. But one of the things Jesus saves us from, it starts with a D and it ends with a disobedient. <laughs> Jesus saves us from one of the things, disobedience. Disobedience to him and disobedience to to our parents. So why? Why must you obey Jesus? Why must you obey your parents if you're a child in the house still? Whether you're an older child or a younger child. Why must you obey? Is it because you don't want to hide Is it because you don't want to go to hell? Must you obey Jesus and your parents because if I don't obey, I won't get a bike. I'm not going to get a bicycle. If I don't obey, I'm not going to get pocket money. If I don't obey, I won't get chocolate. If I don't obey, then I'm not going to get a new puppy. That's not why you should obey. What does verse 1 say? Why must you obey? Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Why? That's right. Because that's the right thing to do. So if you run outside... When your mom said come in and you're disobedience, or disobedient, that is wrong. And if something's wrong, 1 John 5 verse 17 says it is sin. And sin must be punished. The wages of sin is death. So it doesn't help for either children or adults. It doesn't help you stand before God on judgment day and he says to you, why did you disobey? And you say, because I had ADHD. Jesus was willing to be your savior. Jesus was willing to be your friend. Jesus was willing to save. Jesus was willing to help you to do the right thing. You were not willing. You were not willing. You wanted to be the boss of your own life. Alright, let me close by saying, I know, even some of the adults, but children listening online, I know you struggle to sit still. I know you struggle to concentrate. I know you struggle to do what your mom told you, or your dad, or your teacher. I understand, but Jesus can help you. Jesus can help you. It's not necessary for you to say, but I can't do what is right, and I'll never change because I have ADHD. The psychiatrist is going to tell you that. Listen to what, again, some psychiatric website says. Some people never completely outgrow ADHD symptoms. In other words, the psychiatrist is telling you, maybe you'll never change. And they even say, treatment won't cure ADHD. So we're going to treat you, but it won't help It can relieve the symptoms, it's not gonna help. That is not right. The Bible tells me you can change. The Bible tells me you can change. Why? Because Jesus changes sinners. And Jesus is better than Rittila. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ. We bow the knee to you, our Lord and Saviour, the sinner's friend, the friend of children. And we ask that you would help us. What are we but children of the living God? We come as little children before you, in need of your help, even for us. All of this about ADHD, but we look at these symptoms, Lord, we are like that often. And we ask your forgiveness for our disobedience and ask you to help us to obey you. For this pleases the Lord. Amen.